As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. of the Just Press Play podcast, and we are down one man. Uh, Pops is dealing with uh, he's question. He was questionable coming into the week, and it's now been uh, he's been downgraded to just out. Yeah, load but management. Filling, yeah, load load <laughs> management. That's what we're doing for Pops. But uh, fill it in for Pops. We are honored to bring on a green. This is not Uncle Tony. We are bringing Jacob in the winner of the March Madness last year for JP. What's up, Jacob? That's right. What's going on, fellas? Oh, uh, you know, not a whole lot. I think we we kind of got a lot to talk about this. So I think we're you know we're getting through the the midway or we're past the midway point in the NFL. So you're kind of getting to see who's in the playoff hunt, who's not. Maybe the MVP starting to get a little more shape to it. And then, and some other sporting news, we got the NCAA. Once again, they hate they hate their players. They're trying to suspend them all. We'll, we'll get into <laughs> oh, that. I can't wait just, to hear about that. I've I've just heard the you can't you can't take any bit. form of yeah. money. You know, well, you know, if you're in the NCAA, you can't even like uh, go to Chipotle and let your buddy pay for your meal, like Venmo <laughs> you for the meal or something. Like you're you're <laughs> no, in trouble. Not. So we'll get into that. Nope. And then the Astros apparently are cheating. They're the, they're the patriots of the of the huh. MLB now, you know, filming people. But we'll get into we'll okay, get into okay. all that. Uh, speaking of cheating, though, and this one this one's for the guys out there. Why, <laughs> we it's it's 2019, boys. It's 2019. Why are we cheating ourselves? I want to tell you about our friend support for the Just Press Play podcast comes from Manscape, who is number one. And men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. Guys, it's it's November, so it's it's no shave November right. when it comes to your beard. That doesn't mean you can't shave anywhere. And if you're going <laughs> to be shaving below the belt, trust me, you don't want snags, you don't want pulls, you don't want anything that you weren't planning That's on. That's true. That's, That's why true. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. I'm telling you, the game has been changed. Wow. They had the, the lawnmower one, you know, it was good, but now we got the lawnmower 2.0, which has proprietary skin safe technology. So this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts ever. Wow. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. So don't use the same trimmer. And that's what it's so like right now with no shave November, you, you don't shave, but you kind of trim up things, you know, maybe you want to stay clean. I don't know. But crisp. there's no reason you should be using that same trimmer on your face that you're using down low. That's just ridiculous. It's kind of, come on, that's guys. That's fair. That's fair. So that's why you got to go over to Manscaped. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, which is an <laughs> anti-chafing 
deodorant and moisturizer wow, for your jewels. Wow. You already put deodorant on your armpits. So why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? That's a great question. That's a great I mean, question. And we're at the it time now where you're wearing, you know, you're, you're bundling up because it is cold outside. So what, what that means, though, is you're going back inside now and it's you're in the heat, but mm-hmm. you still got layers upon layers. So that's that's, that's right. a cause for sweat. That's you need fair. deodorant. That's fair. You need deodorant. Take care yourself. So, your significant right other will now, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now, Manscaped.com is offering our listeners a special, special little promotion. 20% off and free shipping when you use the code armchair at manscaped.com. So you can go over there, get the lawnmower 2.0, go ahead and get you some crop preservers, some anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer, put it all in your cart and then get 20% off and free shipping. Just put the promo code armchair in at manscaped.com. That is M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D, manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the jobs. Trust me, your your jewels will thank you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get into it. Uh, just on some NFL. Th- well, actually, before we we dive into Sunday, should we just talk about that Monday night game? Oh my god! I would yeah, say please. the best Monday night game of the year, right? Oh, so far, yeah. yeah. Maybe I mean, game of the year. Do we think it's the best game I, of the year? I, yeah, I think it's been the best game played all year. I mean, it was a defensive slugfest with a high score. I mean, who who doesn't love that? Like that's that's a win win for everybody. Everything. Yeah, and two young kickers that don't even know what they're doing, just hitting everything until. The last big uh, until, pressure shot until they weren't. Yeah, until yeah. <laughs> and apparently McLaughlin shanked that one so bad it went into the went. tunnel. Oh, it went into the tunnel. They uh, said, "Poor guy." Almost hit a poor, poor lady. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I guess LJ, we'll go to you first. I know. I know you were watching because we we know Hannah's a big 49er yep. fan. So I know that game was on in your house. Yep. So what? Uh, just. We do this every now and then. What did you learn from the game? What were your thoughts? After, Man, the I learned that unfolded? the next time these teams play, they should just call a truce and go for a tie because that was a bloodbath. I mean, they might take each other out of playoff contention just on injuries alone. Uh, that was rough to watch because they were hurting each other. Like, they were playing with some fire. Well, and it was kind of a callback to back in the good. And yeah. this, I was interested to bring this up, too. Was is The 49ers, I know it hasn't quite been in recent past because the 49ers – <laughs> kind of at post, post Harbaugh Kaepernick area, yeah. they went whoa way down. Yeah. Uh, but they're back. But at one point, was this the best rivalry in football? I mean, 49ers, Seahawks, there were some It was tough definitely games the one I looked forward to. Yeah. Jacob, do you, do, I mean, just in the two, like the 2010s, it, I feel like this might be one of the best rivalries yeah. in the past nine years. It kind of fell off for a little while, but I think when Kaepernick was hitting everything he could and running all over people, then yeah, for sure. I think Richard well, Sherman is heyday. That Seattle defense just. Sherman and Crabtree won't stop talking to each other like that. I mean, that was fun to watch. That's right. And now now Sherman's on San Francisco. Yep. Which is, yeah, it it adds another wrinkle to it. Um, It was fun to finally see a game where it just seems like, and the 49ers, say what you will, they haven't played maybe the toughest quarterbacks or the toughest toughest teams, but you beat who's on the schedule and they've done that. But I think a lot of people wanted to see Garoppolo in the fourth quarter with needing a touchdown or needing a score. And – he delivered multiple times. It wasn't always great. Uh, what What did you think, Jacob? What, it, uh, did you lose a little bit in the 49ers? Or are you still – who think, thinks the better team out of those two? I think Seattle's for sure the better team. and It, it comes down to quarterback play for me. I know uh, San Francisco definitely has the better 
overall running game, I would take Chris Carson maybe over Tevin Coleman or Raheem Mostert. Um, I know Matt Breida, I think, got a little banged up in this game, and so did Emmanuel Sanders. Well, uh, it's another. It's any uh, any every single week. I swear, Matt Breida has another injury. Geez. He plays through every single one, but he's always that, got something. He that guy is a robot. I don't yeah. know how he's still out there. He's got one leg, and yeah, he can still <laughs> find a way to get ten yards. I don't know how he does it, but um, that backfield for San Fran, they've and Shanahan's known for this. He always mm-hmm. produces with running backs, so. I think it it came down to Jimmy G, and we kind of saw what happened. He he put his team in a position to win or to to come away with it, though. So you gotta give him credit for that. Well, I don't think it fell on Jimmy G. I think it fell on Jadavion Clowney. That dude was a monster. Like nobody could block him all game long. He would just he'd be triple teamed wanna, and he'd be back there. Didn't matter. Yeah, that Seattle defense. I think we sometimes give them the benefit of the doubt because you just think of the Legion of Boom. They're they're clearly not that same defense anymore. Right. But Jadavion Clowney was. I don't know if he was the – I think he was the best player on the field. I agree. Night. Offense or defense. 100%. He was just absolutely dominant. I mean, he was all over the place. That's the best I, he's they're need that in a while. I agree. I'm talking yeah. even yeah. back at the Texans even. Yeah. Like, I wonder if, you know, maybe not – I don't know if J.J. To, Watt's overshadowing him. Yeah, but. that's what I was about to say. Yeah, I, uh, but he – yeah, I agree. Best he's ever looked. So, I did want to ask. I still think the 49ers defense is really good. And I think that kind of – just – they gave the ball to Russell Wilson just too many times in overtime. And I just think Russ Wilson's one of those guys. I mean, yeah. he might be the MVP of this year. What is there any quarterback in the league you're more scared about giving the ball two minutes left, they're down by three? I think Russell Wilson might be the number one I don't want to play. Yeah, I, I would think just because he can do so much with his legs too. I mean, obviously, you can never count out Brady. If you do, that's I was about to say, but I think yeah. Russell's, yeah. I think Brady's uh, trained me through trauma, as I mentioned last week. Um, if I were playing against him, I'd probably just trip <laughs> yeah. just thinking about it. But but Russell Wilson's more dangerous. There's no question about it. Um, but you also like I don't know. It's mm. it's not necessarily he hadn't been in the high pressure situations. But I don't know anybody that can do what Lamar Jackson can do with the football. You never know what's going to happen when he's got the ball in his hands. So yeah, that's worth I think mentioning. so. The reason that man is the a reason scary, I say scary the, man. <laughs> the ball in his hands, I'll tell you that. And and I think Mahomes is right there too. I've yeah, seen times where Mahomes like has thirty seconds and all it like. I, Against the Titans, he got he got in field goal range with literally one play. Golly, that's what that they hurt. do. Yeah, hurt. <laughs> and and I'm sure we'll get into him. But I think the reason Russell Wilson scares me most is kind of what Jacob mentioned, and it's a lot like Lamar, except for I just trust Russell Wilson a little more because he's done it. Yeah, in Experience, big games. But yeah. it's, all it takes is one play where you don't spy him, and he has 25 yards on the ground. Yep. And I just mm-hmm. think he's smart too. He's just really scared. But moving on, I'm glad you brought Lamar and some overreactions and headlines coming out of uh, Week 10, I believe it was. God, week 10 Lamar Jackson, Jesus. I, I'm telling you, it's flying by. Lamar Jackson is yeah, made for overreaction Monday because yeah, I swear that's true. <laughs> you, you get up like after the playoff game last year against the Chargers where the Chargers kind of bought him up. Everyone's like, okay, this is who Lamar is. He can only run. Once the run's done, he's over. And then he puts up a week like he did this past week where he goes 15 for 17, which one of those incompletions was where he spiked the ball before half. So really only <laughs> yeah. one incompletion. 233 yards, three touchdowns, seven carries for 65 yards, including that beautiful, maybe the best run I've seen Jeez. all year. That 47-yard touchdown was yeah. just gorgeous. That's unfair. <laughs> that Madden spin. I, that guy yeah, is – Lamar Jackson, had, I mean, I don't know what his – I don't know if he's where he ranks right now, but his ceiling, when he's at his best, he really reminds me of Mike Vick and maybe even scarier yeah. when he runs the ball. And sometimes he th- puts some throws down there that are just – yeah. On the money hmm. is it, can Lamar Jackson win MVP? Is he an MVP? I mean, he's definitely got a candidacy, right? Well, before you guys Anything answer, else? I actually I know you guys are all about fun facts now. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I've got one by the way. Something pulled up real here. Yeah, so 
through the first 16 career starts, Lamar Jackson, compared to other players' first 16 starts, he has one more win than Patrick Mahomes. He's got 13. Rushing yards, Lamar Jackson has approximately 20 more yards than LaDainian Tomlinson in his first 16 Jesus. starts. He has a higher passer rating than Tom Brady in his first 16. He has a higher yards per attempt than Aaron Rodgers in the first 16. And he has a 2% higher completion percentage than Drew Brees in his first 16 starts. What? So That's unbelievable. Holy Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the dude is incredible. I God. I don't know if I so in the playoffs, I'd probably I'd probably rather play Lamar than than Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson just because I've seen him win the playoffs. But Lamar's one of those guys I never you never are comfortable when he's on the other side because I, right. any any play from any spot on the field he could score with his legs and or through the air. Yeah, but that's the thing he's doing all these incredible things, and yet I agree I would rather play him than Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or some other guy Russell Wilson. So. I don't I mean, know what else he has be, to do, though, to, to prove Would it be absurd to say that that uh, he's not on as good of a team as these other guys, though? I mean, uh, he doesn't have a Tyreek Hill or anything like that, does he? Yeah, and that's and that's why he can make a pretty good case for MVP is, look who's around him, I guess. He's got a lot yeah. of young receivers. Mark Ingram's having a hell of a year, though. So that's he's true. got the running game to back it up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, you look at the guys he's known to, like Jacob mentioned, it's it's Hollywood Brown, rookie, Mark Andrews is young. He's uh, a sophomore, Who else yeah. they got out there? I mean, they're – they're, they're all, most of them are young, and they're, they're not names that are unknown, but they're just not. They're just young. They're not yeah. big time. They're not Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Right. You know, yeah. it, it's a little different. But what I love most about uh, Lamar Jackson, I think, is I really think, one, his press conferences are always great. I, I, I think he really, <laughs> he embraces the whole, like, I'll make jokes about the whole I'm a running back and all this, but he's not like arrogant about it he's just like i've heard it it's not that big of a deal but Mm -hmm. i have heard it yeah but then there was a little clip of harbaugh talking to him during last last week's game which last week's game was against the Bengals. uh they're (laughs) just this just in the Bengals are not very good but but the fourth quarter was rolling around and harbaugh came up to him and he was harbaugh was like man you know why i love you man or you know why the guys love you most quarterbacks worry about stats and then lamar jackson like cut him i was like bro i'm just worried about the team coach and then Harbaugh said, well, that's why you're a leader. That's why the team loves you. Yeah. And he even he started talking to him and went on to tell Jackson that he loves the way he always attacks and how he's changing the game and talked about how many kids are going to be wearing number eight playing quarterback. I did see that quote. Because yeah. Lamar Jackson's inspiration. And Lamar had the best, best response. He was like, I can't wait to see it, coach, but that's when I get older. Right now I want to get to the Super Bowl. Like, it's just it's like he's here. a level hit. This is after the dude just had a the second perfect passer rating game of the year. And he's not doesn't seem to be worried about it, and it seems like nope. the players really kind of gravitate around him. Like Earl yeah. Thomas talks about how it's our MVP, it's our MVP, and this is a guy who's twenty two years old. Yeah, yeah. And I just think the guys like playing for him, and like we mentioned, there are just things he can do that uh, not I don't no other quarterback I think can do. And speaking of things, quarterback other, no other quarterback can do. Let's get to the guy down in Kansas City who has looked super, hey. superhuman at times. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes came back after de- dislocating kneecap. I think he, what, he was out like what three weeks. Three at one weeks. point, we thought he might be done for the year, and then he missed three weeks. Yeah, he yeah. should have been back. Uh, Actually, the week yeah. before that, they just wanted to. The, all the doctors said he was okay, but there was like a five percent more chance of re-dislocating. So they were like, "Well, we'll take one more week." So That's he was right. ready to go early. Exactly. Yeah. So this may be we beat an the overreaction to kind of kind of going on what what I was talking about over uh, Lamar Jackson's the overreaction he's just made for overreactions going to the Chiefs I don't think I love Patrick Mahomes he looked good again 450 yards three scores but I don't think the Chiefs can win the title this year with that defense Jacob you're a Chiefs fan tell me I'm wrong because I, I, I want to see the Chiefs in the playoffs I hate, I hate to hear it 
First, I love Mahomes' back. He's doing crazy things with the football, even with a bum knee. That jump pass to Miko Hardman was insane. Yeah, insane. Disgusting. Um, but unfortunately, his defense is still made of Swiss cheese. And we, you saw in the fourth quarter there, they just decided, oh, Derrick Henry is bigger than all of us, and he just ran over them nonstop. <laughs> they and just realized if you can't stop the game. run, you cannot win. <laughs> Yeah, you cannot win in the playoffs if you cannot stop the run. Back. So it's going to be tough because because if you can run the ball, that means Mahomes is sitting on that bench, mm-hmm. and that's not good for the Chiefs. And that that was kind of you know Derrick Henry, like you said, just torched him. And this isn't the first time running backs torched the Chiefs. And then get, just giving up thirty five to it. I think Tannehill's a, 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 I don't think he's a crappy quarterback. I think Tannehill's not bad, and I'm glad to see him kind of succeeding because I think he got buried under the mm-hmm. Dolphins and Adam Gase. But you can't. If you're going to give up 35 to Tannehill and the Titans, what are you going to do when Tom Brady rolls around? What are you going to do when exactly. these better I, teams roll around? That just yeah. scares me. There were a couple of plays where you could see Tannehill isn't Brady, but there were some plays that Tannehill just laid some great balls in there, and yeah. I don't know what you could have done to some of those catches. But Well, if you look at still, quarterbacks with the most game-winning drives so far this year, I think Tannehill's tied for first with three, what? and Tannehill didn't He's start until week seven. He's up there, <laughs> Jeez. yeah. Tannehill has been really good. The Titans are one now game that out he's of away from that division. Adam Gase and the Dolphins. The Titans are a, a good football team. I mean, they're still a good football team. They've got problems, but if they that, can pull it together, yeah. that's a that's a Frable's good got team. That, yeah, that defense is rolling right now. Yeah, I know you just uh, went up against Patrick Mahomes, but <laughs> what do you think about? Well, and part of that, yes, the defense gave up a lot of points, but if they learn how to, if they don't snap it when the holder's not ready, and then the next play they get a field goal block. Like a lot of yeah. things went wrong for the Chiefs for them to lose that game. Yeah. But what do you think, LJ? Do you think that that defense is going to hold them back from one championship, or do you still think a championship could come from? I mean, I, I've always been one of those guys that say calm down when we're talking about Kansas City. Um, but uh, it's undeniable that there's talent all over that field. I'm also a bit of a homer, um, and uh, and and so. Yeah, I think that defense sucks, and I think they've they've got to make some sort of change. I don't know if it's a personnel change or a scheme change, but they've got to make a change to win an away football game in the playoffs. And so if they've got home field, then I think they're in a good spot, but I, I don't know that they're going to have it with the record they've got right now. So although the AFC is still kind well, of wild at this moment, we'll see. But When I think that's a good point to bring up, I think what's going to hurt them this year is – if if they could get the Patriots to come back to Kansas City, I don't know if the Patriots would beat them again in Kansas City. But with the way the records are lining out, I think the Patriots pretty much got home field advantage. I don't see who's going to challenge them for home field advantage. And the Chiefs are a different team. I, I don't. I think the Chiefs' offense travels fine, but they're just a different team. It's hard to play in Kansas City, especially late in the year. That crowd is crazy. Yeah. It gets cold. Yeah, and I think it's, it's going to hurt them now. They're going to have to. <laughs> yeah. They're going to have to. Go, the AFC is going to go through New England and. Yep. That's also a tough place to play. Yep. I, that's what worries me is now they're not going to have a chance at home foot advantage. I, yep. think I, need it. I will say that the Chiefs, y'all are talking about how it's hard to play in KC this year. And if everyone comes to KC, they, it's tough. And it is tough. It's Arrowhead. It's a loud place. I'll tell you this. The Chiefs have played better on the road this year than at home. The Chiefs are 2-3 really? at home and 4-1 and one on the road. How many of those home so, games was Mahomes out? I, I don't even know if it up. is that big. He was out for at least one against the Vikings, which they won. They won that home yeah, game. Yeah, so, okay. So, so you got to think. My- Plot hole plugged. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, that's well, not what I expected to hear. May, well, maybe that's a good point. Maybe maybe it doesn't matter where they're playing necessarily. I, huh. I think they're interesting it, to me. And yeah. like we, the same thing we said with Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson. I I don't want to play Mahomes in the playoffs. Sure. Just winner go home. I don't want to have to play Mahomes. Right. But 
with that defense being susceptible to the run, the game plan is out there. You know what you need to do. You got to keep them off the field. And I think the key right now for the Chiefs is getting everybody healthy. I know the secondary is pretty banged up. Chris Jones, this is only his second game back from injury. Yeah. And unfortunately, Frank Clark has not been what they expected when they traded for him. So Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, you're right. The defense, it's got to get better. Otherwise, yeah. I don't see And it can. There's still time for it to get good enough for them to, to be a real Super Bowl threat. But um, they're not right now. It's crazy to think we're just a, a year, we're a year away from November, actually a year and a week removed from the game where the Chiefs and Rams played that Monday night football <laughs> game where they combined for a thousand yards, 60 first downs, a hundred points. And now the other team, the Chiefs still have a shot. I think they'll be fine. The yeah. other team from that game, the Boy. Rams, Sean McVay yeah. and Jared Goff, it looks broken. Yeah. I mean, it just looks. The mojo's gone I don't right know if now. they'll make the playoffs now. What, 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 are your, what are your thoughts about the Rams going on right now, uh, Jacob? I mean, it just looks like the mojo's gone, right? I mean, Todd Gurley's obviously not the same. It's just Cooper Cup, I just had a, he just had a bad game. He'll bounce back. But it's just the creativity's just not there anymore, I feel like. I don't know what's going on with the offense. Defense, they're, making, they're, make, they're dropping Marcus Peters. They're picking up Jalen Ramsey. They're just trying to find something that works, and I don't know what's just going on right now. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's funny – it just and they keep every week it's the same but so like a year ago when Jared Goff was looking great it was at the same time when Todd Gurley was on pace to break LaDainian Thomason's touchdown record and looked Mm -hmm. like the best running back we've ever seen I mean people were saying all kinds of things about Todd Gurley in that offense and now I just don't know hopefully for their sake they're kind of we mentioned a load man trial top hopefully they're just not unleashing him trying to hope he's safe for the playoffs but now they're just gonna need to make the playoffs and I think where it's really hurting them that offensive line the tackles aren't bad with Whitworth but that offensive line at the middle gets demolished every single game. Yeah. Now they Brandon Cooks, who they traded for, gave a bunch of money up. He's not playing with concussion issues. Like you said, Cup, I'm not sure about. And then that defense just they're not bad, but they're not they're, they're a couple of big names, but they're not the same defense. They're not shutting anyone down, I don't feel like. Yeah. LJ, what do you think? Oh, uh, I just wonder if uh maybe some of the creativity we thought was genius in the last little bit for uh McVeigh was actually a little bit more gimmicky and those gimmicks have been solved. Um, but I think you guys are probably more right than I am because I think it's I mean, that's a that's a hurt team. That is a hurt team. And Gurley not being the the man he was is a huge effect. So I wonder about that. But I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's more exactly what you guys are saying is it's not McVeigh being a bad coach that has gotten solved. It's it's been they've, they've gotten beaten up physically. Well, the the thing is, it's it's fun when a team like last year, we were all like everyone was lauding. Sean McVay and, and uh, Les Snead and, and that front office for going all in and putting this crazy roster around. And if you look at since 2016, the, the Rams have given up, let's see, we got five first-round picks, four second-round picks, three third-round picks, two fourths. They, they've given away all their future assets to get guys like Jared Goff, who obviously is still on the roster, but maybe not the guy we thought. Sammy Watkins, no longer there. Marcus Peters, no longer there. Akeem Tlaib, no longer there. Brandon Cooks. Not playing yeah. right now, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, you know, it just, it's all fun and games. And now all of a sudden, though, these guys are going out. They're going to have to pay all their money to Gurley, yep. Golf, Jalen Ramsey, yeah, and, uh, Aaron Donald, and they don't have they don't have the assets, the picks to go get young guys on cheap rookie deals. Yeah. So they, what do you do moving forward? Because something's got to change there. Yeah, you get you got to at some point you just got to look at your team and say, all right, is this the shot we have in the next three years when we're in the Super Bowl? And they took that shot last year. So you got to think they're in that three-year window right now. And you can tell they're they're giving up a lot of pieces to try to get better, to try to solve what's ever going on right now. And if you can't solve it, you got to just take a look, good hard look in the mirror and say, all right, we go back to the drawing board. We yep. got to rebuild somehow. Move back and to I think St. Louis and lick your wounds. 
<laughs> be a lot I think of where it's going to be interesting. It's just going to be. I don't think. I I do think something happened and Bel- Belichick kind of exposed something in McVay's scheme. Yeah. But I think McVay's smart enough. I don't think he just got dumb all of a sudden. I no. I think he'll be fine. It's just going to come down to golf's going to have to make play. Like there's times where if you're your quarterback when you're one of the, if you want to be a Super Bowl team, it can't all be the scheme. You have to have a quarterback that'll just go out and make a play and win a game for you. And mm-hmm. golf hasn't really shown that he can be that guy. I don't think. And now with Gurley not being the guy we thought he was a year ago, with that, it looks like that arthritis really is an issue. Yeah, they're either going to need they're going to need Henderson or somebody to be that guy to the backfield, or they're going to need Golf to step up and be the guy that's they're having get, to that lean on Golf heavily. Contract. They're having to lean on Golf heavily because of Gurley. Yeah, it's not paying off right now. And honestly, guys, I don't even know if they make playoffs because I mean they're sitting at five and four right now. They got two teams in their division. We just talked about the Niners and Seahawks earlier. I know they're not catching they either have, one of those. They have to who, go for that second wild card, and you get yeah. The who's Vikings the last wild card in the NFC right now? Who do you think? Division. So the Vikings look like they're definitely going to make that wild card. It's the Vikings, and then right the now. next one who's the who's the second wild card team? I it's mean, either Seahawks, Seahawks or Niners, or right? One of the one of the two's yeah. wild card team. So it's so, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be tough. That's why I think only one team that the Rams are going to make it, and only one of the Cowboys and Eagles, only one team is going to make it exactly. out of the East because they're just not going to have a good enough record. Yeah, uh, we mentioned we mentioned golf's going to have to be that guy to prove that he can win a game for you as a quarterback, and then just just brought up the NFC East. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to bring up something on the Cowboys. And <laughs> yeah, let's talk. <laughs> uh, Sunday night, the only once again, you know who beat the Dallas Cowboys? It was the Dallas Cowboys head coach, <laughs> Mister Jason Garrett. That's right. Jared Jones needs to go pay Dak anything he wants right now. I think he's showing he's the best player on that roster. And But if I'm Dak right now, I'm not signing a long-term deal until I really know where Jason Garrett is and if he's out of the, out of the door because I wouldn't want to saddle up with him for the rest of my career. Am I getting too? Am I getting a little too crazy and carried away or am I on to something else? I think you're absolutely – I don't want to play for Jason Garrett. I don't know. I mean, um, you, you always like to say that Kirk Cousins can only beat bad football teams – and so if the Cowboys are a bad football team with all that talent, then, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd make a change now. Like they've, they've waited too long. There's never going to be a good opportunity. Like the, cause Garrett's always going to win three games at the end of the season when it's already over. And, uh, you know, make, make your move. Dak Prescott was in a game where the, the, the Vikings said, we're not going to let Ezekiel Elliott beat you. And that they, they did that. They bottled him up and shut him down. Yes, they did. And so they, they wanted to see Dak beat him. And Dak went out there on third and seven plus. Here's some stats put out by Warren Sharp on on Twitter. On third and seven plus, Dak was five for five, averaged 18 yards per attempt and touchdown. And then if you rattle, look at some of these third and 14, he got a 20 yard completion, third and 12, 20 yard completion, third and 12, 15 yard completion, third and eight, 12. I mean, every time they third and long and it was Dak needing to make a play. And he did every time. He threw for 397 yards on the day. And that was a day where there was no running game. So he was doing that without play action, without anything, without the defense yeah. thinking they were going to be running. Yeah. So then you get down there, the drive started on the six yard line. You need to score a touchdown to win the game. And Dak drives you all the way down the field. Then on second and two from the 11, you on a game where Zeke has done nothing at all, you run one play for no yards and then another play for negative three. So now Dak's got a fourth and five instead of give it to the guy that's been dominating yeah. all night long and let lose on Dak. And yeah. that, I kind of think it's one of those, and this might be a Jerry Jones thing as much as it's a Garrett thing, and maybe Jones is telling him this, but it seemed like they paid $90 million to Zeke Elliott, and you can That's that sad. can be discussed forever whether that was the right call or not. But it seemed like they want to make that contract look valid. And that's not how you do it. That money's already been paid. You're winning yeah. on deck, not Zeke, yeah. at least for right now. Is is Mari Cooper on a new contract, or is he going to be looking for one soon? Because that man can play some football, and he's, he's going to be looking lot. for one in it. He and he's Dak gonna, are both free agents next year, I believe. 
And I think <laughs> both of them are showing that. I mean, that's why I kind of thought you don't pay Zeke because we just watched the Rams do this. You pay a running back, and it seems like instantly you <sighs> start going, uh-oh, was that contract too much? And I think, honestly, so we talked about we talked about Lamar Jackson. I think Dak Prescott is having an MVP year, and he's just getting held back by Jason Garrett. You look at the stats that Prescott's putting up, they are insane. And I think we kind of do this thing where and it's, it's kind of like what we did with Russell Wilson at the towards the beginning of his career where – at the beginning, he was carried by a really good roster, and he was just good enough. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, that roster wasn't as good, and Russell Wilson was making a ton of plays, but we just thought of the Legion of Boom as the Legion of Boom. Yeah. And we weren't giving Russell Wilson the credit he deserves. I think Dak's kind of going through that now, where all of a sudden, that defense is not as good as it was last year. Yeah. That running game is not as good as it's been. And they're still scoring. Their offensive DVOA is like number two in the in the NFL. Wow. And it's because of number four. Wow. Yeah. I think he's put up MVP year. He's just getting held back by the clapper himself over there, coach. <laughs> I mean, the wins column is what's keeping him out of that MVP race. I think because yeah. you look at Russell yeah. Lamar. I mean, that's and I I do take wins into account heavily when I think of MVP. But and you and you have to, you have to, yeah. yeah. But you're right, Dax. Dax having a hell of a year, and people I don't know why aren't talking about this receiving core more. I mean, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup might be the one of the top duos wide receivers in the league. I've always and been heavy really on Michael good. Gallup. And Cooper makes – I mean, he does it a couple of times a game where he makes some of those catches on the sideline oh where you're God. just like, I don't know how you're doing yeah. it. I mean, he is really good. He's big and in Jerry, separation. Yeah. Jerry, just go ahead and get your – get your get whatever pin he yeah. uses to write checks. Get ready because Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott get are going to get pin. a lot of money. Yep. Uh, <laughs> interestingly, so Dak Prescott is number two in passing yards through week 10 with 2,777. Can y'all name the other guy, other four players in the top five? Um, just passing um, yards? Yeah, just passing yards. Let's see, Joe Flacco, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. He said, is five. He said Aaron top Rogers five, five, not bottom five. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is five. Yeah, we haven't heard from Joe Flacco ever since he called out his coach. He got put on IR, so we don't even hear from him anymore. <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers five. Can you name any of the other three? Let's see. Uh, Pat, Pat Ru- missed two weeks, but yeah, it would be Pat, but he missed two yeah, weeks. He's dang. not in it. Russ is up there. Yeah, Russ is four. Okay. Um, so is, you're missing one and three. Uh, Bree, no, Breeze is hurt. Nope, nope. Um, God, is Derek Carr up there? Oh, nope. okay, okay. Uh, I was about to be disgusted. Um, God, <laughs> we're bad at this game. Uh, who are who are the number best? one? Is only number one. <laughs> Go ahead. Number one is probably only number one because he hasn't had a bye week yet. And number three, it kind of makes sense. He does throw for a lot of yards. They Matt just Ryan. turn the ball over every other play. Matt Ryan no, and Matt Jameis Ryan Winston. Against injury. Oh, that's true. Winston is number Winston's three. Winston's up there. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Number one hails from the AFC West, Mr. Ten Kids himself, <laughs> Philip Rivers. <laughs> okay. That is makes number sense. Number one that makes sense. passing yeah. yards. Minus a bye week, and they they have to make the – And they're always no, down yeah. to, to win the game. They did have, they they did sure, have Gordon yeah. for like the first eight games. Yeah. So they're just Well, and they're worse crazy, with him. Yeah. So, um, you know, it turns out maybe they should have him hold out a little bit longer. Yeah, I t- I, it, it's Philip Rivers is one of those guys. No matter what, he's always going to end up having good stats because they just. That, I he, swear, every, even years where I don't think he's doing that good, he ends up with five thousand yards. He's a damn good he football player. He is a player, consistent though. fantasy football. Usually. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yep, he is. He known is for a, good, a top ten finish. Uh, he is a very good football player, and he's one. And when it comes to uh, his his business at the home, apparently he's really good in in in, in bed too because he has what? How many? Fifteen kids? I don't know what he has. He's got to be exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, for anyone out there that maybe isn't quite like Philip Rivers and always ready to go when when you get back to the house, Here let me tell you about my friends from 
Blue Chew. They they are one of the presenting sponsors. Maybe he for does this use pod. Blue Chew. It's possible, right? I bet. I bet it's like Tic Tacs. Yeah. for <laughs> Philip Rivers. He's just got. A, he's got a pack of Blue Chew. On all all he's on both these the sponsors. He's people. manscaped as can be, and he is Blue Chew popping. I mean. <laughs> So, guys, if you want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, like said Mr. Rivers, then listen up. BlueChew.com, that is blue like the color. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And the best thing, you can take them anytime, day or night. Full stomach, empty stomach, doesn't matter. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Maybe Phil Rivers just got done, you know, frantically clapping to try to get the snap off and then losing to the Raiders as we're getting ready to watch 60 minutes. But it doesn't matter. He can just pop that he can just pop that blue chew and be ready to go for kid number 12. Look, if you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, blue chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They are made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. If you visit BlueChew.com, that is B-L-U-E-Chew.com, you get your first shipment free when you use the best the special promo code armchair. That is A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that is BlueChew.com, promo code armchair. You try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right. Early this year, really early, LJ, and I thought you were a little too quick to to call it. You said that the Steelers would not be making the playoffs. <laughs> right. Also early this year, not to just completely rag on you, also earlier this year when the Cal- when the, the Steelers were like one and three or one and four, I just made so much fun of them because they traded their first round pick to go get Minka Fitzpatrick, which I thought was stupid because I thought their pick's gonna be top five. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, in the seven games since acquiring the second-year defensive back, Fitzpatrick has five interceptions, yep, eight right. breakups, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, two touchdowns, and the Steelers are five and two and right back in playoff contention. Wow! What I mean, can they make the playoffs, Jacob? What do you think? Yes, I think they can. Uh, they need to get healthy again. That backfield's still a little banged up. Mason Rudolph has proven to be a consistent guy with a need. He's uh, consistently average. I mean, Mason exactly. Rudolph does not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not scared hey, by Mason Trent, Rudolph. Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl ring. Let's not forget that. All right. So it is possible. It is possible to be able to just hand the ball off and not throw interceptions and win a, win a ring. So <laughs> that's what he needs to do. Take care of the ball. The defense is looking better. I believe Minka Fitzpatrick had the game winning interception. Last, believe last game. So. I mean, yeah. He's getting. I swear. So watching red zone, he shows up. He, he almost shows up as as much as like that, like Patrick Mahomes does. Like I yeah. swear, every time, every time they show a Steelers highlight, it's him causing a fumble mm-hmm. or him getting an interception or something. He's just all over the field. And that pass rush, is it possible? T.J. Watt is the better Watt uh, right now. Get, right now, uh, not in okay. <laughs> just right, well, right now. Yeah, I guess, right now. I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> T.J. Watt is really good. Bud Dupree gets a really good pass rush. I mean. Fitzpatrick shores up things on the back end. Joe Hayden kind of looks like he found the fountain of youth and looks better at corner right now. It's a balanced that, defense. That Steelers team is interesting. They're they're interesting to me. And LJ, do you know? I don't I don't know what the situation is. I mean, I love seeing uh, Big Ben's huge uh, elbow brace. Is there any way we could get Big Ben return in the playoffs? Oh, I don't know about that. I haven't I haven't hate Googled Ben Roethlisberger in weeks now. 
Uh, let me. If Ben Roethlisberger's <laughs> on this team, I, LJ, you might roll your eyes. If they have Big Ben instead of Mason Rudolph, they might be looking at like a first round buy in the playoffs. Well, can I can I tell you what their schedule is coming up? Have you looked at this? I think they play Thursday night against the Browns, but other than that, no, I don't. Yeah, know. they it's play they, uh, tomorrow yeah, as we're recording this against the Browns. Then they play the Bengals. Then they play the Browns again. W. Then they play the Cardinals. Then they play w. the Bills. Tough game. Then they play the Jets in a win. And then they finish the season against the Ravens. So they should win almost all of their games to end the season. So seven games, seven games, they're all very winnable. I say they win, say they win five of those seven. Then they end the year 10 and six. That should be a playoff record here. That's wild. Well, in the AFC, it's a playoff record. In the NFC, it might not be, but yeah. I thought you were right on the money when you. I thought, man, LJ crossed them off really early, and he is looking so right. And they seem to turn things around. I think once again, Mike Tomlin, pretty solid and coach. It, he's doing this without Juju Smith-Schuster firing in all cylinders. I don't know what's wrong with Juju Smith-Schuster, but he is no longer their leading receiver right now. I don't know what's going on. James Conner didn't play. They're do, so Jalen Samuels was their leading rusher, and James Washington was their leading receiver. This past game where they beat the Rams. Wow. wow. I mean. Mike Tomlin can wins. do some crazy things, I think. Yeah, yeah, true. I know. We 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 mentioned that game, that Chiefs Rams game, a couple years or uh, a year ago, where we talked about how I, I remember after that game, we we're talking about his defense dead and all that. No, defense no, still wins ball games. <laughs> you know, play smart, don't turn the ball over, play good D. You can win some games. So, you mentioned Juju. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. It looks like he's really hurt by not having Antonio Brown on the other side taking some coverage away. I don't know. I still like Juju as a guy. He's still super young. Oh yeah, I would take twenty two years team. old. But it Jeez. does seem weird that he hasn't been able to really. He's, he's hitting a learning curve. I think that's all it really is hitting that learning curve. That's fair. Uh, speaking of, uh, I mentioned Antonio Brown. Did you guys see? I know this <laughs> is going to be shocking. I Real didn't shocking, see any of this. There was a tweet. There was a tweet that Antonio Brown had that backfired on him. Does that sound oh, crazy? No. Or? Oh no! I can't believe it. <laughs> So the free agent wide receiver, as, as most of you know, hasn't played since week two. Or in earlier last week, the NFL seemed to be paving the way for Brown to return with a scheduled meeting where he could possibly be reinstated. Well, within hours of news breaking that he was meeting with the NFL, uh, Brown fired off a tweet ripping the NFL saying, quote, imagine conforming to a system, giving it 100% to see them treat me like this. This is unfairly making money <laughs> off my sweat and blood. F the NFL. I'll never play in that shit. Treat black people the worse. Clear my name and go f yourself. Now he didn't say f. He, he spelled them all the way out. <laughs> and then he and then he claimed again. He would, he claimed another tweet after that. He's he's he, he backed off those comments and said that he changed his mind. He would like to play in the NFL. Again. Yeah, <laughs> he was just a little emotional. He's emotional. And then the best part. So uh, I know that's shocking that Antonio Brown got a little <laughs> emotional and regretted something that he put out on the internet, yeah, but. Right. He then thought, let's do this. He gauged the interest of the fans, presumably looking to show the NFL why they should let him back by tweeting, quote, retweet if you want me back in the NFL, like if I should wait until 2020. Well, uh, as of Monday night, that tweet had 27,000 retweets and 55,000 likes. So people were saying (laughs) they don't want him in the NFL. Let's see. I can pull up where they're at now. I bet it hasn't gotten any better. But it just... Someone needs to tell Antonio Brown that he should probably just stay off Twitter for a little yeah. while. You know? He can't though. He's gotta be he's gotta just, have the attention. He's gotta have it. Yeah. He, he must have it. Just just he just needs to stay off Twitter and just accept retirement, dude. You've got plenty yeah. of money. I mean, you're climbing an uphill battle battle now. Like just just enjoy retirement, man. But does he have plenty of money? Now. I mean, we don't know because like he's got lawsuits out the ass. And he's got like he's got more gold chains That's than true. anybody I've ever seen. He spends probably a fair <laughs> amount on hair dye just to have 
as a backup for mustaches <laughs> at any given moment if he needs to get out of a situation. He's um, he's obviously paying he's, a ton of money to videographers. Yeah, <laughs> right. On YouTube, I will say, yeah, his YouTube videos are produced really yeah. well. I don't know if he's just got a buddy that knows what he's doing or he's paying a lot of money, but they are produced very they well. They were better produced than all the hard knocks. I mean. <laughs> For real, that, one, was the, that video with with John Gruden on the phone was better than a hard knock. That was great. I mean, it was it was incredible. I mean, he doesn't have money right so, now. I think that's why he backed off on the "I'll never play in the NFL." Is the the maybe. bank catched his mortgage check, and he was like, "Oh shit, yeah, I'll play in the NFL." <laughs> his account, yeah, his, his account, account called up. Like, uh, hey, uh, Antonio, <laughs> Antonio, you are you are month to month right now. That's you right. Get back in the NFL. <laughs> you go apologize. And, <laughs> I, Antonio, as of right now. Antonio Brown doesn't look like that great of a guy. I mean, we know he's a great receiver. It looks like he has a triple pass. I get any everybody's innocent until proven guilty. We'll see. And if, if you were if you were innocent, I'd probably do the same thing he's doing, which is screaming from the rooftops that they're out to get him. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. But either way, he's not helping himself at all. True. By firing off his tweets every five no, minutes. He's not. Like, just calm down, man. Yep. Just practice it up. It, I know he might need to be in the – I don't know if he's set for life, but he still should have money as of right now. Just live a decent life and chill. Keep working out. Maybe you're back in the NFL next year. But this whole going after Goodell every five minutes just doesn't seem smart. Yeah. Social media giveth and social media will take it away. That's fair. <laughs> that yeah. is so, so true. Live by the tweet, die um, by the tweet. Any That's other right. any other big news that y'all wanted to touch on NFL wise? LG, did you have anything else you kind of – I kind of wanted to bring up this Kaepernick workout. You, uh, you guys seen that? Yeah. Yeah, actually, me and Jacob were texting a little bit about this before. Yeah, bring it up. That's I'm, I'm well, glad you mentioned it. Well, to, to give a little context, uh, the NFL owners got a message, I guess, last night, Tuesday night, saying that uh, Kaepernick will be ho- – uh, uh, there will be a workout uh, for him in Atlanta um, on Saturday, um, and, and they'll make video available to all teams or something like that um, to, right. to give them mm-hmm. an opportunity to see if he's, he's still ready to play in the league. It sounds like to me a complete sham. I mean, have you guys? What, what do you guys think about it? So, from what I've heard about it, is Kaepernick's been trying to do this for a while now. He's been wanting. He, he says he's been practicing six or I don't know if he said six days a week but, or seven days a week, but he said he's been practicing and waiting for his opportunity and just waiting patiently. And he's been wanting to have a tryout and he's been asking the NFL. And then the NFL, the night like the night it came out, news wise, was the same day Kaepernick learned that he's going to get a tryout on Saturday. Yeah, and so Kaepernick asked. Okay, well, can we just push this back to Tuesday so I can really plan it out and schedule it? And I want to get everyone there, and I want to make it out. And they're like, "No, it's Tuesday. Or it's not going to happen." It's so then Kaepernick's in the situation Saturday. Yeah, correct. And so then it comes in the situation where Kaepernick, to me, it seems like a sham by the NFL, and it's a lose lose by Kaepernick. It's just the NFL is going to be able to go, "We're giving you opportunity," and if he says no, I want to have it on my own terms. Then it looks like he's not willing to. He's not. He doesn't really want to come back. Right. But if he does go, he's doing it on the NFL's terms. And now it comes out that the NFL is not going to let Kaepernick know which teams are attending the workout ahead of time. Yes. Well, they're I'll not say going to release which, a list of which personnel will be there. If any coach is there on Saturday in Atlanta, that coach should be fired because that's not where you should be. So he's not going to have a single head coach looking at him. And uh, and then right. on, on that, um, you know, to not let him know, you know, it, it just feels like truly there's somewhere in his like settlement that he took with the NFL that says, look, if we host a tryout and nobody wants you, um, and you look out of shape by some metric, then uh, then we'll take half the settlement back or something like that. And so it feels like that's what they're trying to do is just have a have a trick, you know, shot to try to make sure that he's on his toes. And that's that's all this is, it feels like. 
And and for all we know, he can come out in this meeting or this trial and look awful and just show all the NFL scouts that he shouldn't be in the NFL. We, who knows? But it just doesn't seem like it's a really fair shot. And also, though, NFL. week that, 11, yeah. week 11, you're doing this like <laughs> um, like if you did this like week three or something like that, when we had all of these injured quarterbacks like that makes a lot of sense. But now mm-hmm. teams have either got this figured out or they're looking towards the draft already. You know, like there's not many teams that are looking for a quarterback that's going to be worth 29 30 year old quarterback yeah, yeah. that's supposed to be I like gotta a, think that this is part of this i gotta think this is part of his settlement or something because yeah. yeah it just seems forced and it was part of it like hey i'll take off this amount of money on the settlement but you have to give me a tryout okay we gave yeah. you a tryout yeah and yeah that's it. and it's almost yeah it's like a it's like a random trial it's not yeah. like if you know you're gonna give him this trial like three weeks ago go ahead and let him know hey we're gonna do this trial you can go ahead and try to reach out to people get as many people mm-hmm. you can to attend there get as many cameras you can there to attend it so they can watch it. And it's like, Hey, uh, tomorrow you got to try out, get ready. It's at 11 o'clock. Yeah. I mean, it just seems, it seems silly. And I understand the NFL to an extent there. I understand why they were a, a little upset. I mean, I don't agree with anything they've done, but it's Ever. a, it's a business and they, and, and <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with like anything to do, but I, it is a business and they're upset that he's hurting their bottom dollar. But at the end of the day, you talk about how you're for the players and for player safety, but it seems like they're setting it up. Colin Kaepernick to fail and not give him a really fair shot. I kind of hope he gets picked up. I think it makes sense for him to be a backup quarterback. I, there's just so many quarterbacks that aren't as good as him yeah. that are in the league. Oh right yeah. Now. Like uh, yeah. Nathan Peterman deserves a job more than Colin Kaepernick. Now, like that's absurd, you know? Right. But Nathan Peterman yeah. will play for cheaper for sure. But um, yeah, I, there's, yeah. A, there's, there's not 40 quarterbacks that are better than Colin Kaepernick or at least better than Colin Kaepernick was two years ago. Uh, you know, who knows where he's at now? We'll see at this tryout. I say yeah, I mean, who knows? He could be washed, and and maybe a tryout would show that he's washed, and maybe that's what the NFL is hoping to to show. But I just give him a fair shot, and if he if he falls on his face, he falls on his face. I just don't don't yeah. screw him over. That's kind of one I, I I wish they could like show us, like just let the world know. Yeah. Well, I would hope, and I don't know if they'll be able to or not, but I would hope ESPN can like be there or someone can be there to film it and at least see something. But I don't know what. Our eyes aren't aimed to look at well, try, a guy throwing true. to I feel, receivers. I feel like the NFL is going to have this film, and they're going to decide if he runs like a, a five six forty, then they let the film out, and if he runs like a four five forty, then they don't. You know, I th- I feel like that's the way it's going to be. Which it's interesting. So yesterday or earlier today, this when we're recording this on Wednesday, ESPN got word that NFL had agreed to give Kaepernick's camp a list of the attendees, but then later. That same source told ESPN, never mind, we're not going to give out a That's list. That's so, so shady. Once again, the NFL is just fickle. They're so shady about was it some a list of the things of, they do. Was it a list of Kaepernick or was it a list of the public of what personnel was there? Well, the NFL told ESPN, or ESPN at least reported, that the NFL had agreed to give the Kaepernick camp a okay. list of attendees. At least this is what ESPN's reporting. And they said later, an NFL source told ESPN the league never promised to provide that list. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's shady just either seems, way. But yeah. You know, let's, let's maybe play devil's advocate. Advocate and and defend the NFL. Uh, uh, All about not, it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it could be a team is looking at Kaepernick and they want to set this up, but they also don't want everybody in the public to know because if he ends up being um, a shit show or if their fans are outraged, you know, like it could be something yep. that they're taking bad press whether they pick him up or not, just because they wanted to see how he looked. You know, it could be a uh, Panthers mm-hmm. who were you know uh, they didn't they just move Cam to the IR and. Um, yeah, so it's basically going to be the Kyle Allen show for the rest of the season um, that, you know, yeah. they could be looking at him as a backup quarterback and Carolina people are not big Kaepernick fans, you know? So 
Um, they don't want to catch that press without seeing that, if he's worth it. I can understand that, but I mean, I, the reason I would want to get video, and like you mentioned, Kev, we're not scouts. We're not. We don't. We're not going to be able to see him throw. And it's like, okay, that's terrible or yeah. something like that. But I mean, we're we have common sense, so we'll be able to at least see something. Whereas if there's no video, I could easily see this coming out with nobody gives him a shot or nobody hires him or picks him up. And they're all saying that it wasn't a good tryout. But then his camp comes out saying, no, he looked great. He did this, this, and this. And now we're back yeah. where we started. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's my only It just, we'll see how so, it shakes out. So the, it just seems shady. The NFL informed NFL, they informed the football teams on Tuesday, or so earlier this week on Tuesday, that a private workout would be held. So not even a full week in advance. And like LJ said, it's on a Saturday, which is not ideal for any coach to be there. And they don't even give you a week to plan. Where you're like, hey, in five days in Atlanta, if you want to see Kaepernick play, make a trip or don't. And then they told Kaepernick and his reps the same day on Tuesday. And Kaepernick, so that I was looking a little further, I, he did ask for it to be on a Tuesday, which typically is when tryouts happen in the NFL. Because oh. like LJ said, Tuesday's a good day for it because you have time to go maybe fly down there and miss a day or you're not going to do it the day before the damn game. You're getting ready. Yeah. You're doing all that. It's a good rest day. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Is yeah. there any is there any other news NFL wise, the Jacob that you want to touch on or no? I mean, the only thing I was gonna or? the only thing I was gonna mention was that this was just a great weekend for football. I think we yeah. only had two games that were decided by less than one score, eight points or less. They, so. It seemed like at one point Red Zone Channel was flipping back. Right, and was, yeah. we were triple box for a while. <laughs> yeah, Every a game was time. coming down to the final play. Yeah. yeah. So it was. I it was. It was a very good Sunday. A Sunday where I didn't think it was going to be as good turned out to be mm-hmm. a really good day of football. Yep. Start off Agreed. slow in fantasy, but it picked up pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So we mentioned uh, that the you know the NFL. We talked about Roger Goodell and maybe some of the decisions they make and how they go about their business. Another uh, organization that seems to always find a way to handle things the exact opposite way of the way it should is the NCAA. Okay. And here recently, they are just deciding to, to say, once again, they're not a big fan of their athletes. The future top picks in both of the upcoming, possible top picks in both of the upcoming NBA and NFL drafts are now in trouble waters with the NCAA, starting off with Ohio State's Chase Young. LJ, have you heard any of this story? I've not heard any of this one. I've heard a little bit of the other one. All right. So Young, if you've watched uh, Ohio, Ohio State, number one team in the college football rankings, and I, they haven't played a ton of great teams, but they've been just putting up numbers all year long, and they look great. And Young at defensive end is a flat out stud for the Buckeyes. With some, at one point they were even mentioning his name in the Heisman race. I don't think you defensive player really has a shot. They'd have to have a crazy year, but still, the fact that defensive ends get mentioned means that he's putting up crazy year. Yeah. But now. Young is being held out of games as the NCAA looks into an admission of his from him that he accepted a loan prior to last season's Rose Bowl. Uh, Young admitted that he, let's see, he admitted that he made a mistake by accepting a loan from a family friend that he's known since before his freshman year at Ohio State. Young says he repaid the loan in full last summer and is now working with the university and NCAA to get back on the field. That loan that he used, it was to fly out his girlfriend yep. to the Rose Bowl last year. Wow. And now they're not letting now they're not letting him play. I understand. At first it looked like, oh, we accepted some money, but he accepted money for a flight, which we don't know how much the loan would be, but a flight's gonna be what, four hundred dollars? Probably LA something like, yeah. Probably and he's like. repa- and he's repaid the loan if that's true. And again, that's his side of the story, so you, I guess you never know for sure. Mm-hmm. But it seems like a big sham. I mean, what do you think about that one, Jacob? Uh, it's it doesn't look good for the NCAA. Obviously, the fact that he's paid it off and back. I mean, it, is there proof of this? We don't know. Um, I just think that you're you're hurting the kid for something that happened 
was it his fresh was it his freshman year or was it at least was it well, last year? He says he's known the person the person since before his freshman year at Ohio and State. When did he take the loan? Could still be a booster, who knows? But he took the loan before last year's pros. Before Pro last year's yeah. So you're hurting the kid from something that happened last year. He's having a great season. What what does the NCAA get out of this? I don't know. I, I know we want to uphold the rules and everything, but this seems like you're just going after a kid because he's in the spotlight, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think the NCAA, they, they want to try to stop, which I don't think they are because it's it's all over the place, but I think they're they're trying to stop the things, the times where Booster from Ohio State says, "Here, hey, Chase Young, right. here's $5,000, come to Ohio State, and then I'll keep it coming every, every month or mm-hmm. something. That's what they're trying to stop. You know, he flew his girlfriend to the Rose Bowl, and he admitted to it, and he's paid off the loan like – it seems silly, but maybe maybe the d- investigation does more, and who knows? Uh, LJ, does it kind of rub you the wrong way? Oh. It, this comes a week after the NCAA said they're going to consider That's the right. thought yeah. of paying their college athletes, which really it sounded like the NCAA was just saying that just to get people off their back. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like – Am I upset by this decision by the NCAA? Absolutely. Like that sounds really uh, stupid. But on the other hand, it's I mean, it's if if the rules are what they are, then you have to enforce this the same way you would um, if it was a booster. You know, like how can you know the difference between a family friend and a booster besides, you know, dad says he knew him for a long time. So, uh, I mean, you have to you have to push this the same way you would. But I think it's still a stupid rule. I mean, I, I don't understand why college athletes can't have money you know like it it just seems like such a bastardization of the word amateur like it's just stupid well, to me. and and as we mentioned off top chase young's not the only one where the ncaa is going mm-hmm. after and the number one recruit from last year's uh high school basketball class was james wiseman who went to memphis and now he's been ruled as of last friday he was ruled ineligible however right after he went to memphis to go play for penny hardaway and right after he was ruled ineligible, actually him and Penny Hardway went to a local court in Memphis to file a lawsuit and a uh, restraining order to let him play. And so he was able to play. The NCAA told him, if you allow him to play, then whatever repercussions come, you have to stand up for. It. And the and actually the Memphis president like put out a statement saying like we don't think he did anything wrong. We are taking his side. We are we are ready to go to fight for James Wiseman. And let me tell you what has got Wiseman in trouble. Yeah, please. The NCAA says that. Let's see. After further investigation, it was determined that current Memphis head coach Penny Hardaway gave the Wiseman family thousands of, it came out to be, I think, about $11,000. Or was it 11000 Jacob? Yeah, I think, I think it, it was approximately eleven. Around $11,000 to aid in their move to Memphis. He was originally from Nashville, and he helped to move to Memphis. The family, at the time, LJ, Penny Hardaway was not the coach of Memphis. He was the coach of, he, previous, previously he was an AAU coach, and then he coached a high school in Memphis. And he was helping James Wiseman's family move to Memphis where they said they wanted to be closer to their sister who lived. James Wiseman's sister goes to school at the University of Memphis. Okay. Now, I'm sure part of that's true. Part of it probably was he wanted to go play for a good high school program. This happens all the time where good players yes, go to bigger programs where they can play with other good players. Yeah. But at the time, Penny Hardaway was a coach of that uh, team, and he helped out the move, which maybe that's ethical in high school standards, but that has nothing to do with the NCAA whatsoever. But – Hardaway technically, according to the NCAA, is a booster to the University of Memphis because back in he went to school at Memphis, and then back in t- 2008 he gave a, th- or a million dollars to a fundraiser for like their Hall of Fame, the uh, Memphis Hall of Building. Fame for basketball. Yeah. Uh, so he's now considered booster, and boosters are not allowed to pay recruits or provide any financial benefits to pros- prospects at all. But now we're in muddied water, and what Wiseman's arguing is. So what is a booster and what's not a booster? Like right now, you you mentioned Pops a second ago, LJ. 
He's a part of the Razorback Foundation, which yeah. means you can, there's different members that are part of that foundation. I think you can pay like up to a hundred dollars a month a year, or there's obviously more people that pay a lot more. Yeah. But does that mean now if I was a real say Jacob's a really good uh baseball player? Yeah, do you woo, still have can, some eligibility? Can, can lift not uh no, I'm yeah. out. Sorry, four okay. years are gone. <laughs> Sorry, so yeah, say he, say he's a stud. <laughs> say he's a Grand stud transfer. and a family friend. He's a, f- a family friend, and he just happens to be a stud at baseball. But we're he we're all in the same town, and Liff picks up dinner that night. Technically, by these rules, Liff is a booster. Yeah, he now paid for Jacob's dinner. Jacob cannot go to University of Arkansas because he accepted money from a booster. Where the line is, yeah. it's just like the NFL and their in their punishment, where the line is not just a solid line. It's kind of oh, we want it to be this. So Penny Hardaway's a booster. We don't want him to play. I understand it looks funny, but. At the time, Penny Hardaway was not the coach. He, I guess, I don't think he was a booster. He, he did help out his former program. Can I? It just seems like the NCAA going after a, a player again. This one think, doesn't Al? seem as uh, wrong to me. I mean, it still seems wrong. It seems like, again, a bad rule. But uh, I guess I have a question first. Uh, was Penny Hardaway the coach of Memphis before Wiseman went there? Like, did he, who, who, who so, went to Memphis first? Hardaway went to Memphis first. So uh, during the recruiting process, Wiseman could go to the school where the guy who gave his family $11,000 coaches, or he could go to a different school. So that does feel kind of like a conflict of interest if you're worried about money in the NCAA. Yeah. So should Hardaway not take a job? I mean, he, he did this before he got the Memphis job. I understand that. He was coaching high school. I understand that, but it does and feel then he like gets, a conflict and then he gets the of interest. Offer to go, then he gets the job. The off, It's just like, but you oftentimes will see. Uh, and, and we might get into this. Arkansas hired Chad Morris because he he had a deep background in Texas high school football. Yeah, which they then hoped that would connect him to a bunch of recruits in Texas high school football. So you go get Penny Hardaway because you know he's got a he's been coaching AAU for the past five to ten years. So he has a deep background in some of these really good young prospects in the area. Yeah. So you bring him to Memphis knowing that he's going to maybe help get recruits. Should he just never help any player out ever? I'm not saying that I am saying that it is it's it's it it does feel like an incentive for Wiseman to say, well, this this coach has given me a lot of money. I owe him that, you know, and that that's what the NCAA is trying to keep out of out of sports. Right. I mean, right or wrong, that that is their target is to keep that sort of thinking out of going to play athletics is who gave me the most money. Um, so I can see I can see where you're coming from. And then on the on the other side of it or not the other side, but the other thing I was thinking about is eleven thousand dollars isn't helping somebody get a moving truck and a couple of movers. I mean, that's, that's a lot of that's money for helping a out with the house. Exactly. So that's a little bit different than helped him move like that. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a down payment. Well, So that's different than this, this chase young thing mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe someone gave him a loan for a flight. I mean, $11,000 yeah. is much more than a flight. Yeah. So I get where you're, I think you're, you're coming at a good point, but I think wisely makes point. a point where it's just, what is a booster? What is not a booster? Cause this is where it all comes down to. It's not that, Hardaway as a high school coach helped to move. It's that Hardaway is a booster. If Hardaway wasn't a, labeled a booster for Memphis, if this was if he was just a guy that happened to get the job at Memphis and also coached at high school and helped to move, I don't think this would be an issue. But now he's a booster. I mean, and that's what they're coming up to. And I just think now you're absolutely Wiseman's right. That's a, is saying that's a you're just calling a booster because you want this. Yeah, it's yeah. a stupid line of he gave a million dollars to a school, so now um, all of a sudden everything he's done in the past is illegal. Like um, that's. That's a, a weird, stupid line, but this does feel a little bit more like exactly what the NCAA wants us to be afraid of. It's not, and I think it's stupid. Like, don't get me wrong. I think that a coach helping out a high school athlete is not a bad thing. Like, the world could use more people helping each other out. Um, 
And, and so I'm totally down with it. I think an athlete, no matter what their age is, should also be able to profit off of um, their popularity. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be allowed to. So he should be able to make money in high school playing ball to get to help with the relocation. Um, but that's not the way that it works. And, um, and that sucks, but, but this is like, this is a textbook case in my mind of what the NCAA wants us to be afraid of. So I get why they're against this. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point and you kind of bring a a little, probably, you know, normally I would expect you to be just the total anti NCAA. (laughs) It feels weird being on this side. I don't like it. (laughs) And I went into, I went into it, you know, I think I was, we talk about, we've talked about this before, but sometimes like people get on things looking for a reason to get mad. I, I'm looking for a reason to get more annoyed with the NCAA. Sure. So I am kind of picking my battle here. But I think what this story actually brings more is it could bring a new precedent, which is the but you it used to be when the NCAA said, Hey, this guy's real ineligible. If you play him, we might make you forfeit your games or whatever. Coaches and the president and all this would go, Okay, we don't need to uh, don't don't try to pick this war. The NCAA is gonna win. Yeah, they usually fall. And this isn't just Penny Hardaway saying screw the NCAA. Yeah. This is Penny Hardaway, James Wiseman. And the University of Memphis's president, yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's also saying screw this, and so I think that's where it gets interesting. Is I think maybe people are getting less afraid of the NCAA because, and I think this is a little interesting in Memphis's case because if you remember back on when D Rose went to school at Memphis, he had some possible the NCAA alerted uh, Memphis that there was possible eligibility issues with him because he may have had some fabricated scores back in high school and he shouldn't have been eligible yeah. for Memphis University. And they, they, But at the time, they told John Calipari in the university that they shouldn't have been aware of it. We're following the investigation, but y'all haven't done anything wrong. But we are following this. And then after that year, Memphis ended up going to the championship, losing to uh, Kansas when Mario Chalmers hit that crazy That's three. right, yeah. And then the NCAA decided, oh, actually, Derrick Rose was ineligible. We're vacating all your wins for that year. And so I think Memphis is kind of like, Screw it. If y'all want to vacate our wins, you're going to do it regardless. So we're just going to play our guy and have our year. We still remember what happened. I, I wonder if more teams start doing this. It doesn't well, look like. It also helps that I think public opinion has really gone the other way. I remember like 2008, it was honorable to be a student athlete and everybody loved college sports, like literally just because they play for the love of the game. Like you'd hear that all the time. And now yeah. public opinion, there's still a lot of those people that say that, but there's a lot more people than they're used to saying um, they deserve to get paid. They deserve, you know, we're making money off of their backs. Like there's a lot of people seeing that now. And so that helps you stand so up it, against the big bad boogeyman a little bit. So maybe with that and then with the NCAA, even like we said, I, I think they just said that we're going to consider paying athletes just to kind of make it look like they're thinking about it. Yeah. But either way, I think you're on to something. I think, I think these people are starting to smell blood in the water and they're not afraid yeah. of the big bad NCAA like yeah. they used to be. Don't you think, Jake? Yeah, I think. Well, so this when I did a little research before that we came on the pod here, I know this was the first time I've heard of the NCAA saying that a player is ineligible and then they play because technically the NCAA t- calling a player ineligible is not an official ruling. He cannot play. That is them saying, hey, we're just letting you know down the road he could be actually found guilty and then we'll take these away from you. So it's really okay, cool. yeah. them saying ineligible is really nothing. It's not an official it's, thing. It's them saying, but hey, before, we're before any time a guy was – when they said right. this, the guy was held out, right? Yeah, they were saying that this is the first time, like you were saying, that the school, the president, the coach, they've stood up to the NCAA saying, okay, you're calling him ineligible. We don't believe you. We're going to play him. Where, yeah, before this, if the NCAA says something, you do it. And now we're learning that's actually never been an official rule. It's always been more so, of a threat than a ruling, I guess. Right. 
Yes. Okay. And so cool. now, like, well, yeah, so like now, we've seen this in we've seen this in the mm-hmm. NFL where when Tom Brady was getting all this stuff, they put they they or Ezekiel Elliott even too, they filed a restraining order against the NFL and yeah. they kept playing until a lawsuit was determined that punishment was lawful or whatever. Mm-hmm. We've never seen it like Jacob said in college, and I think what's really interesting. So what if the NCAA says if you play them, we will vacate your wins? What if Memphis just goes f it, vacate our wins? We're playing them regardless. Right. What what happens then? Do other teams not play the game? Do they start canceling Memphis games? Like what? Ha- I, it, this could be really interesting. Well, I think okay. So happen. I think the I think, thing though yeah, is is they uh, every team would still play them. Like it wouldn't change anything. Um, I don't think. Like maybe ESPN still wants the game played, even if it doesn't count the record books. And people, we're gonna watch James. Maybe Weissman. you have big big teams, you know, top ten teams or whatever, not wanting to play them, not to take a chance at losing a game that they automatically. Well, no, they automatically win, so it doesn't matter. Um. So the only thing is Memphis probably is then like who runs the March Madness brackets like in the NCAA does the selection, right? Or is it the press? Yeah. NCAA. So then, NCAA. so then Memphis can't make that right. Like that would be the thing. But if the NCAA, if, if, if they already in decided the that he's ineligible, they're probably already going to punch him anyway. So might as well play your stuff. I, think, I mean, if you've already, to the game. Yeah, if you already know it's going to happen, then yeah, go ahead and ride this, you know, all the way down. But if, if Memphis thinks the NCAA is just out to get him and they don't think it's fair, then they might just say, screw it. You're, We're playing them. Do what you want. You're right We're in that. Our if they just call call the bluff and then let's say it backfires and they start taking wins away, yeah, you're right. They could just say, well, that's fine with us. But I think the NCAA, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think they can also take scholarships away that a team can give out. They can. And so that's the big punishment. If they start saying, you know what, if you don't care about your wins, then we'll, then we'll start taking your scholarships. And now but they can't get actually – I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I think like the money comes from the university, right? So they – they can take scholarships away, I think, by saying, like, you're only allowed to have so many scholarships. But in theory, you could still offer as many as you right. wanted, right? So they could keep – they could say, oh, we're ineligible for the rest of the year – forever now. We're the Harlem Globetrotters of college basketball. We'll travel to any town and beat you. Um, we just can't play in the tournament. So we all know who the best team is or what – you know, like, in theory, you could have a Wild West form of, like, seven or eight teams that just decide to say, screw it. We're just going to have our own tournament. <laughs> it's just going to be funny to see – if Memphis is willing to really go to battle and say, screw it, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. The NCAA is going to have to really figure out then, do we have, how good is our case? Because if the NCAA says, all right, let's dig in. And then a, a court rules that Wiseman should be eligible because Penny Hardaway wasn't a coach or whatever. If, if, if the ruling goes on Memphis's side and now someone stood up to the NCAA and wins, now the floodgates are open. No one's going yeah, to listen right. to what Fair. they say. Fair. I- I think it, so. Yeah. And and but then so on the other side, if the NCAA goes, maybe we don't have that good of a case, and they back down. I think you still the floodgates are open now because everyone's going. Wait, they've already been hit. Someone beat them yeah. once. It's a, and so, yeah. it's just going to be interesting. It's lose. I think unfolds. it's lose lose honestly for the NCAA because even if they come out and they find evidence that yeah he's ineligible, no one likes this scenario anyways because the yeah. kid moved. And yeah, you're right, LJ. There has to be something else. Eleven thousand dollars a lot of money, but yeah. even in the Chase Young scenario. I see it now. Ohio State, they're not going to toe-to-toe with the NCAA. They're suspending him a couple games. I believe he's suspended at least one more, and then he's going to play, possibly. Well, he's back at practice, and it's possible that things can change this week. Like mm-hmm. He's hoping to play, I think, this week. But as, as originally, I think last week, they were saying he would miss up to four games. Right. And now remember, this but is— But there's an investigation going right. on. Right. Now remember, so. this is Ohio State that's keeping him out, not the NCAA. Yeah. Ohio State's keeping him out This saying, is basically hey, like Jacob said. The yeah. NCAA said, hey, there's something going on, and Ohio State said, okay. We'll hold out our right. So yeah. they're kind of saying, "All right, we held him out for two games on our own. Don't hurt us." Basically, that's, yeah. that's what they're doing. Um, in either case, I think I can understand. I can understand where the NCAA is coming from a little bit, just because where do you draw that line? You have to draw it somewhere. 
it's where they chose to draw it and you got to stick with it it's like if you if you start picking your battles like okay it was only eleven thousand, but if it's 20 then we say it's illegal sure. like yeah. you got you got yeah, then, the then, then you look like then you look like the nfl when it comes to domestic abuse exactly where they just decide, this one's a one game this one's a six yeah. game. this one's a 12 game yep. you know? this one didn't have video evidence but if we have pictures <laughs> but nobody gets video so yeah yeah. yeah, but we've already seen people in power just decide whatever the hell they want to when they want to. Right. So we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll see how it works out. I think it's interesting. So. Whether or not these guys cheated is up for debate, I suppose. But one team that maybe is not up for debate on whether they cheated or not is over in the Major League Baseball. And the team that has been really good the past three years in the World Series, two of the past three, won one, the Houston Astros. And they supposedly are pulling one right out of the 2007 New England Patriots playbook, (laughs) and they're filming people (laughs) to get their – LJ, me, me and LJ don't watch as much baseball. So, Jake, can you tell us what exactly they're it, they're filming pitchers to get their signs? Is that right? Yeah. So, I read a little bit about this today. I actually just found out about it this morning. Um, so, what they're saying is they had a couple of pl- players from their World Series team that when they won the World Series two years ago, I believe, a couple of players have come out yes. and stated that the team was using electronic equipment in the outfield to see the catcher's signals. And then once they thought they had the signals down, because the catcher's given multiple things, so you don't even know it just looking right. at it. But as soon as they break the code, they now signal into the dugout, okay, we think we know when a breaking ball is coming. And es- yeah. essentially what they would say is somebody would hit a trash can two times or so something if they saw a breaking ball coming. And there's actually video evidence now of a game where you clearly hear bang, bang in the background when the catcher's given their changeup symbol signals. They do it again, oh, and the man. pitcher calls time and says, hey, this it's is really not right. It, LJ. So That's they, one of my they, favorite things about cheating is like it's it's always clever. Like if you can figure well, it, it out. But this, <laughs> one, this one's so blatant, though. So they're getting the calls, and I think the way – from what I was gathering, the way it's pretty obvious that they're, they're using electric equipment. So the Athletic first reported from a former Astros player who said, yeah, we were doing this. This was happening. But then you go back and a guy pulled out the tape. And you can hear it from the TV oh, yeah. camera. Wow. The pitcher gives a sign wow. and he pulls it out. As soon as the catcher gives a sign, you hear boom, boom. Yeah. And then both times it's a changeup and that batter knows exactly what's mm-hmm. coming. Both times. Yeah. And then then they throw a fastball the next time. And you don't hear that boom, boom. So, the, so they know it's not a changeup. Wow! And it's really, I mean, it's just blatantly obvious that you can hear it from a nat camera, from from a nat mic yeah. on the camera. So, um, it, it's not so, good that players are coming out and saying that they did it. And it so. they, I think they're saying, I think they're saying it has to be some sort of electronic doing this because they're getting the signal that fast and then relaying it to the dugout, well, that, who's then giving the signal to the bat. Right. So, and that's could what you the have a, that came out saying? Could you have a, a guy in the outfield with binoculars and a walkie-talkie? Is that like allowed? So. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jake. I believe stealing signs is kind of – not stealing signs, but like picking up – like if, if they're tipping their stuff. Right. If you can tell when a pitcher's doing this or you can tell what a catcher's doing, you can try to, try to get and the signs. And that's what it's going to say. Yeah, it's kind of like a in, – in baseball, if you, can, if you can get any advantage you can, you take it. Now, you cannot – that's where you draw a line. You cannot use electronics. You can't use walkie-talkies, all this stuff. Like I, because then yeah. LJ, that batter wouldn't know that batter standing here looking this way. The catcher's <clears> giving signs, even if the guy in the outfield knows what he's doing, it's going to be hard to get that signal to the batter unless. Okay, but like, well, but there's ways, or, yeah. or or you could hit something too from the, you know, you've got somebody on a ladder in the bullpen with binoculars, and you know they hit something, they hit a trash can twice, you know, like the same well, thing can yeah, still like, apply. You just stand it back there, right? I know in high school and college baseball, we would have a runner on second. And so now the runner on second can clearly see the catcher signals. If you could pick it up, we would have different hand gestures. The runner on second, and he would give hand gestures for like what's coming fastball or off speed. Or if a catcher's not covering the left side of his glove or right side, whichever dugout you're in, and you can see his signals 
lower than his, his crotch and you can see what's coming, we would call first name for off speed, last name for fastball. I mean, there's ways to do it. I think it's when the electronics come into play. That's clearly cheating. There's no, you can't videotape. You can't use walkie talkies. I don't agree with that. Yeah, so no, you, I, I think that's fair. I'm up, just curious. That's to, a competitive yeah. edge. Good for you. Cool. Cool. That's crazy. The Strokes just, can't catch it's, any it's, good press lately. Well, and what's funny going back now, so with this happening, it, it, it's kind of interesting to see the comments from A.J. Hinch over the past couple of years. At one point, the Yankees said that they thought something fishy was going on because the Astros have been known to, to – they're one of they're been talked about as one of the smarter teams in the MLB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like – even Strasburg said it during the World Series where he said, I knew they knew my – I was tip, I was either – Tipping my pitches, or they knew my sign, so he had to change something up in the second inning. And so, but most people just attribute to, oh, the Astros are just really smart; they pick up on things. But the Yankees, a while back, either a year or two ago, said that they noticed something fishy going on, and that there was whistling from the locker room or from the dugout yeah. when certain pitches would come up that they were tipping signs. It was this and year. They thought, I wonder how they're getting this. Was it early this year? Yeah. And AJ Hinch had the comment where he was just like, ah. I can't even believe if I'd have known whistling is all it would take to to tick off the Yankees, I'd have done more than that. Like, he was just very <laughs> yeah. arrogant, and which if yeah. he was innocent, it was all good. But if a former player sitting there going, "Yeah, they were definitely cheating," if he knew he was cheating this whole and time and then guys, making comments yeah. like that, then he's just bold. That's just bold, and him going, "I'm cheating, and I don't care. I won't get well, caught." Well, another huge and now it looks like. Another reason this is such a huge deal is because the time that they're claiming they used this equipment was the year they won the World Series. So if they're found guilty, yeah, then, do you take that away? Like, what do you do? That's why Aaron Judge actually tweeted out. Like, he quoted the, the athletic. It was from The Athletic, and he quoted the article. It was like, wait, what, 2017? Because that's when they beat the yeah. Yankees in the ALCS, uh, and they end up winning the World Series. So uh-huh. it's weird. It could get it, real dicey it's real quick. Weird. It's, so. <laughs> it just looks like – I do think the Astros are really good, but it looks like they weren't just smart. They were also cheating. And and, and there you go into, uh, like like Pops would say, a good old Custis McRae quote, you know, <laughs> a man that won't cheat for a poke don't want to poke bad enough. So uh, yeah. I, it, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds because it does seem like there's mm-hmm. something a little bit fishy going on with the Astros in the past couple of years. Huh. So, Absolutely. Wow. We shall see. Uh, LJ, I know. Well, first off, did y'all have any other topics y'all wanted to touch on before we? I think LJ's got a fun fact for us. I do have a little fun right, second. Yeah. But all right, hit us with it, L. Uh, well, uh, I have a question for you. When you're when you're driving on the road, sometimes the yellow lines are dashes instead of a line, right? Correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, how long do you think one of those dashes are? How long do I think one of those little dashes are? Three feet. Yeah. Okay. Shoot, I was gonna. I mean, they, I mean, you're, you're driving so fast, they look short. Um, a foot, maybe. They are ten feet long. Really? No way. Yes. Yes. I mean, that make it makes sense that they're they look shorter because you're driving at sixty miles an hour or whatever when you're going by. I was about to say, Kevin. Feet? Though, if you think they're Kevin, if you think they're a foot long, you better yeah, slow dang. down. Yeah, I'm just saying. Going, True. They're, they're longer than a subway sandwich. Yeah, you're right. They're definitely longer than a subway sandwich. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're ten feet long. They're ten feet long. Holy They're two people long. Cow, I'm about to run outside ridiculous. real quick. <laughs> go check some stuff. Yeah, go get yourself a tape measure and go check. I'm telling you. Um, and uh, and the gap between them on the highway is 30 feet. So really, yeah, that yeah. seems long too. But I guess that I guess makes, yeah. that makes sense on the highway because yeah, you want it longer because obviously you're going faster on the highway, so you got to see it better. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, three feet does seem so, short now. That's my fun that's fact. Like, well, interesting. You brought up you brought up uh, the highway and and all that. Uh, we didn't touch on this yet, but I, well, I'm sure we can get on it as we go. Because I know me and Jake have been talking about it a little bit. But uh, there was a former guy, who, a former resident <laughs> of Fayetteville, Arkansas, who said he was going to put it in the left lane and hammer down. And he was talking about the Arkansas Razorbacks, not the highway. <laughs> yeah. 
And now <laughs> Mr. Chad Morris is no longer at the University of Arkansas and never won an SEC game. I think went, what, 4-18 and and 22 Golly. games as a coach. And already, LJ, as you know, living around this area for a little while. Yeah. Oh, I'm the, sure. The buzz is all over the place. Who is is Gus Malzahn? Is he meeting up with the realtor? Is who who uh, we're about to get it all? Like watching planes, we'll see what planes come in and out of X and A. I mean, it's about to all <laughs> fire up. Mm-hmm. So yep. I just wanted to yep. ask Jacob, what are your thoughts now? I guess on the Chad Morris era, and then maybe moving forward for the Razorbacks. Well, yeah, I'm gonna Chad Morris, and, and I'm just going up and listen now. Chad Morris really <laughs> just. He hammered down and then he lost control and he ran right into a ditch. Um, uh, <laughs> it was like Freddie Kitchens driving, yeah, or Bob yeah. Petrino. I don't Missing know. Missing tires. But, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I really thought I, I really was a fan actually at the beginning because just because of the just because of the recruiting, I was like, he's getting better recruiting classes than we almost have never had at Arkansas. So I'm like, this has to produce something, right? Never did. He just couldn't couldn't get it to work on the field. Um, I'm excited for who we get next i just hope that we're not i'm not gonna say dumb but i'm tired of us looking for the next up-and-coming guy i we need to i think we personally just need to find the money go get somebody that is an experienced coach that has proven to win and bring him to arkansas we're in the sec it's a top 25 position in the nation you just got to go get this person so i know because i think right now looking at it like top like the top guys being mentioned right now for the odds to get the job are Norvell at, at Memphis, the UAB coach, the Appalachian State coach, because they've all had successes at their at their programs. But and the Appalachian State coach Drinkwitz, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. He actually coached at Alma High School back in the day right. and coached wow. under Gus Malzahn at one point. Mm-hmm. So he has some connections to the area. They all have the connections. But I'm kind of with you, Jake. We've seen to we've we just saw it with Chad Morris. We've seen that it's just a different ball game coming to the SEC. I think just the money's different, mm-hmm. the pressure's different, and sometimes these up and comers aren't ready for it, and sometimes they are. I don't know, but yeah. The Chad Morris era, I was with you. I really thought it was going to work out. I thought he's recruiting good. And I think, honestly, I've heard some people say, a few people that mostly not Arkansas fans that haven't endured these awful games <laughs> we've, had, we've had to watch, but <laughs> saying that he didn't get a fair enough shot because he didn't even make it two full seasons, mm-hmm. which I think if if he would have came to this year and still not won any SEC games, but just won the gimme games against the Western Kentuckys, against the San Jose States, against the Colorado States last year, if you just win the gimme games, I think fans would give him a shot. Because like you said, he was recruiting well, he was getting talent, but they weren't even doing that. They were losing to San Jose State and Western Kentucky at home in Fayetteville. I mean, that's just that's tough. I agree. Yeah. I have they tried putting have they tried putting eleven guys out there for defense? Because it looks like they might (laughs) want to try that. Yeah, I <laughs> well, there's a lot of problems they might have with rules. Like it was North Texas that did the geez, thing where they didn't the punt, catch it, yeah, and then went for a yeah. touchdown, yeah. And then we try a fake punt, and we never taught the punter how to throw it. And oh god, that fake punt! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just that took the heat off bad. of a really bad Broncos fake punt that yeah, same week. That was I was very <laughs> but, grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I've I've always been a big big fan and big person to stick by your guns. You have to give the coach at least three years, get his guys in there to at least the junior level. Have him three, he'll have three years of recruiting. Juniors will be leaders on the team if he's done it right. But yeah, if you if you get zero SEC wins and you're losing non-conference games too, that's just, that's not something you can stand for. It just seemed Morris was in over his head and I hate it because I thought he was going to be good. I liked when mm-hmm. he said everything great, but and it'll be interesting to see now because Hunter Yurchek didn't actually hire Morris. True. Uh, that Julie Cromer's people hired him when she was the interim AD. Mm-hmm. And I think Yurchek, I everything he says sounds great. I thought his muscleman hire was a good hire for basketball. Yeah. And, I mean, it's two games in, but that looks promising so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll be interested to see what Yurchek does because Yurchek makes it sound like he's going to go get he, – he, Arkansas is – I know he knows they're not a top program, but like you said, it's not like it, this isn't Washington State no. or or some team that's never been good at football. We're in the SEC. 
had some success. Funny you mentioned Washington we'll State there, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Leach huh. is a name that's been floated around. I personally <laughs> I'd love to see Mike Leach. I would love to see him I, too. He's kind of crazy. He kind of it would remind me a little bit of the Bob Petrino hire where you get a guy he might not necessarily stop people but he'll score some points and hell, if you watch that Alabama LSU game, the SEC might be college football in general is just turned into scoring yeah. points. He sure did it at Texas so, Tech. Yeah. yeah. Before he put that kid in the closet. I would, I would actually <laughs> like Mike Leach a lot. I actually I like Mike Norvell. I'm not sure about Drinkwitz. Um, I don't know what other names are being floated out there I, right now. Hey, Houston Nutt says he's willing to come back. So <laughs> oh, God. I don't know how you feel about you that. You know, honestly, looking back, I, if, maybe fans would take Houston Nutt. At least he got eight to ten wins. Like Chad Morris, is, we've been sitting around three and nine too long. For I'm him. not out here yeah, recruiting everyone. Uh, but. Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, and Peyton Hillis, right? Yeah. Didn't he bring those three yeah. guys in? I mean, that's right. There were better times than they are right now. That's right. That, so I'm not pulling the state of Arkansas, but the people I do know will be gladly open up arms to Bobby Petrino again. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it yet. <laughs> I, heard that. I don't think there's any. He did come through uh, the touchdown club in Little Rock and apologized, and, mm-hmm. and it seems like he's he look and try it, but I don't think you can bring Bobby Petrino It'd be back real to tough the to sway. <laughs> But it's not eight. <laughs> Only if he brings back his neck brace. That's right. He has to bring back the neck brace and, and the motorcycle. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, we'll see what Arkansas does. Fun fact from Arkansas. Uh, they played North Texas this past week in basketball. Yes, they gave this. up. 43 points. The defense only get Musselman's basketball team gave up only 43 points. Last year, when the football team played North Texas, they gave up 44 points. So, typically, Let's the see, basketball the team... You want to know the last time uh, Arkansas's football team gave up less than 43 points? Gave up three points or? No, you said le- you said 43 points, right? Yeah. That's what the basketball yeah. team. The yep. last time right. the football team gave up less than 43. Oh, you know Lord. when that was? I don't know. It was October 12th <laughs> against Kentucky. Jeez. That's great. Oh, my God. That's great. And, oh, and Kentucky had a wide receiver playing quarterback. Yeah, and, and they beat that. us. So. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> it's been it's, it's okay it's all gonna up. get better this we next game against up. lsu it's fine so. it's fine we can only go up it's been it's trying fine. times for all the razorback fans yeah. out there uh and like lj said all and we got what we got to look forward to on saturday is going to death valley and playing the number one lsu tigers i lj i'm gonna go on a limb i would say they'll probably give up more than 43 again this saturday is that this, you know is that this saturday, I, I will say though no, it's the 23rd. I think it's a week from Saturday. Oh, okay. I think, yeah. I think they've got the week off. Yeah. Um, oh, good. We but, can uh, live for two weeks instead of one. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'll say, for whatever reason, Arkansas versus LSU's always got the chance to be that seven overtime game. Like, it doesn't Wait, need do we to have make it? sense. LJ, are we, are, is LJ calling upset of the year? <laughs> Arkansas <laughs> LSU in Death Valley? <laughs> I'll call it, but you know what happens when we call something on the podcast. So. True. Bet the opposite. Fade, Bet fade. the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that will wrap up another week of the Just Press Play podcast. Jacob, we really appreciate you hopping on with us. Yeah, thanks, man. Shoes. I had fun, got, boys. Luckily, yeah, luckily, uh, Liff has a week of load management. I think he'll be ready to rock and roll <laughs> next week. We just, you know, with your star players, you sometimes got to give them a night off. With these back to backs, can kind of mm-hmm. kind of wear on you. That's so true. we're yep, just giving yep, Liff yep. a, a week <laughs> off. So. That'll do it for another week. We will catch you next week for another episode of the Just Press Play podcast where we talk about some more NFL, some more news, maybe maybe another NCAA uh, ineligibility conversation. I wonder if there might be a violation in the next week. Who knows? Uh, there might be one in the last hour. Who knows? So for another week of the JPP, we will talk to you later. From For Jacob, for LJ, peace out. Peace. peace. I, I meant to bring this up on the bottom. I forgot.
Did y'all ever do any more research about the cat from the middle of the city? Uh, no, I didn't. I did I did like a metric, like if Why, you got some miles per hour or something. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently, MetLife Stadium at the Meadowlands has a cat problem. Really? <laughs> it's like Walt Disney at night. <laughs> But it, supposedly they had a rat problem. So they put two cats in there. It's so about a cat problem. Dog problem, and then the next week they're gonna have an alligator problem. I mean, it's just gonna they, get worse. They legit point always study in Philadelphia where they had a bird they had a cat in the wall, and they were like, you know what? You know the only thing we need for this situation another cat. Supposedly, the bottom of the stadium has been overrun by cats because oh they have put too many in there. So, oh what's the rap problem? I just, I could not believe that when I heard those. And then, uh, the art, I was shocked because isn't that that's a thing at Disney World, right? They had rats, and so they put a bunch of cats. And now they all come out at night. There's cats. Well, it, it, it really, it was a. Uh, they had, yeah, the, they had a bunch of cats, and so they tried to take care of the cat problem, and then they realized that they ended up with the rat problem. So they just let the cats stay because they're feral cats. They're not like uh, tame cats, so they're afraid of people. So they stay out of the park during the day and just come back at night. And so it's really not a problem for anybody. And yeah, so they've got just like, uh, if you go to Disney and you are in at night, there's just thousands of cats teeming all over the place. 